Well, hello there, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this very, very special episode of Make Believe Heroes. This is our MBH Plays episode for December. It is the first of two episodes that will be released in December and then a second in January 2020. That's right. We were right on the cusp of a new year. And here we are splitting up a story that we actually played quite a while ago. This is the first half of our first ever MBH Champions game uh, that I put on, a one-shot for two of our fans, two patrons, Mike and Bree Graber. And uh, we had a great time playing this game. It is canonical. It is set in the world of Manumi, and it is involving some characters from the world, NPCs from the world, that you all may be interested in or may not be interested in, but here we are. Uh, I really enjoyed playing this. Mike and Bree both um, were awesome to play with. Their characters are great, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear them. I'm going to worry about sponsors or any of that right now. I do just want to say this. Since this is a game that I put on for two fans, obviously our fans don't have the equipment that we have that we have invested in for the show and so their microphone isn't going to sound as clear and crisp and radio as our microphones typically do so please uh, forgive us of that but i think that it is perfectly fine and i think that you'll forget about all of that five minutes into the episode it's a lot of fun and hope that you guys do enjoy it it is edited to our usual standards with the music and the sound effects and this uh, first part is a lot of fun and i'm really excited for you guys to hear it as i've already said i feel like i'm repeating myself and so to our patrons thank you so much for supporting us for being awesome here's a very special presentation of our very first mbh champions It's roughly, it's not exactly the same time frame, but it's within the same time frame of season two that this uh, adventure, this story has taken place. It's been somewhere around two years since the canopy fell, since the quote-unquote destruction of that place, uh, after the destruction caused by that great beast of shadow, which we, as uh, you know, listeners and players know to have been Dimvarga. The city has been slowly but persistently rebuilding. You know, the canopy is not like most cities in that it's not just a bunch of buildings. It was literally grown via magic from all these trees, and it took them a long time to to make it. And now it was just, it was all torn down, trees torn up by the roots, the place left in shambles. So for the last two years, they have been rebuilding it and trying to regrow it. Uh, but it just it takes a lot of pa- a lot of magic. You know, think about it in terms of D and D. If you're a spellcaster, you can only do so much magic per day. So if you think about trying to grow an enormous tree that's big enough to hold up a city, it takes a lot of magic. And even though there are a lot of uh, druids around with that sort of power in this area working together, it's it took them a long time to build it the first time, and this is no exception. Especially especially since they're trying to sort of match it to the way it was before. While it would take many years to rebuild it to its previous splendor, uh, the canopy has finally begun to function again uh, on the shoulders of the children of Atonia. The gnomes, the halflings, and the wood elves have been working tirelessly to try and rebuild this city, this place. And during the time of rebuilding, the most difficult part has not been the actual regrowing of the city itself, but rather the devastating loss of life. 
there were a lot of people that were killed. I mean, you know, you think about something like some sort of a uh, natural disaster. It, it was equivalent to that, you know. And, and, you know, since this is a fantasy realm, magic sometimes can intervene. But there were a lot of people that were just normal commoners living in this city. And when the city fell, a lot of people were injured and a lot of people died. And the most probably prominent loss, the one that's felt the most, has been that of Elevonre Honorius. Elevonre was the Archdruid. I'm sure you guys probably remember him from season one. Yep. Uh, the last that we saw of him in terms of like on camera was him opening the door to the grove for Kellen, Jim, Larrick, Servance, and Guy. May he rest in peace. But uh, <sighs> now it's been two years and he's missing. They found no body. And uh, you guys remember in season one, whenever the party first came to the Corrine, there where Elevonre lived, that there was this guy sitting there and he was like in his underwear, just channeling all this magic. And Jim saw all this magic coming off of him. Mm-hmm. That guy's name was Nephiel. He was sort of like uh, Elevonre's protege, his second in command, I guess you could say. He's sort of grooming him, you know what I mean? And he has been leading the charge of those that have been trying to not just rebuild, but save all the people that were injured, find all those that were hurt and lost in the city. And then since that has mostly come to a stop, they've been tirelessly looking for Elevonre. They've looked everywhere. They've searched across Monumi. They've uh, used all the magic at their disposal. They've done everything they can do. They can't find him. They can't find a body. They can't find any sign of him period. There's, it's, it's as if he has completely vanished from existence. And the thing is, with the magic at their disposal, they feel like they would be able to find his remains, uh, you know, searching a, a man of such power, but he's not. So Nephiel believes that he's still alive somewhere. However, two years is a long time, and the canopy and Fallen Grove is ready to move on. And so the Corrine, the circle of the Druids, the Druids that come together and make all the decisions about Fallen Grove, they're basically the governing force of Fallen Grove. They have come to Nephiel and they've told him, you know, he's been sort of acting Archdruid because he is the obvious choice. But they've come to him. They want to officially sanction him as the Archdruid of Fallen Grove. And him, you know, he's distraught. He wants to find his mentor, his friend. And he convinces them to wait a few more months before they officially, you know, crown him, if you will, officially christen him as the Archdruid of Fallen Grove. During that time, he has tasked his special forces, if you will. The special forces of Fallen Grove are the Leaf Guard. Uh, they were mentioned in Season 1. Kellen actually was given some special armor. Uh, I don't know if uh, the four of you remember that. He got the special Leaf Guard armor from uh, Elevonre before they went into the uh, into the grove. Yep. And uh, that armor is, it denotes the best warriors, the best rangers, the best druids, the sort of elite echelon of agents, let's say, of Fallen Grove. They're the ones that travel around and take care of, if there's any skirmishes or major issues, they step in. Uh, They are the best that there is at what they do. And he, Nephiel, was over them. He was their captain, their leader. And so he has went to the more discreet members of the Leaf Guard, and he has them placed around Fallen Grove on special missions searching for Elevonre. So this adventure begins 
in a small community in the eastern parts of Fallen Grove. It's a uh, comfortable, sunny afternoon with a warm breeze blowing, and you can see the light of the sun trickling down through the thick canopy of trees overhead. Fallen Grove is a very, very dense forest. It's uh, it's almost dim all the time underneath the canopy of the trees, just because it's so thick, and you know the trees are so so big and so heavy. But you can feel the warmth of this summer afternoon, and you can feel the warm breeze, and you can see the sun. And following along the road that leads west from the canopy toward the eastern reaches of Fallen Grove, uh, you would come upon a strange-looking sight. This is an inn. It's a very common inn that people in this part of the forest, they often come here to eat or hang out with friends. It's, It's a pretty happening place, especially in the evenings. But this early afternoon, you see as the road opens up, and before you is this giant pumpkin. I mean, it's literally just this massive, like two-story tall pumpkin. Uh, And there is a circular door carved into the front of this orange and white lined pumpkin. And the sign reads, The Bumpkin Pumpkin. It is an inn. (laughs) Uh, Very common one used in this uh, region, like I said. And stepping up to the door to open it is a very short girl. When I say very short, I mean short even by gnomish standards. (laughs) Felicia, why don't you introduce your character for us? What does she look like? Well, I'm very short. Very short. You know, like... (laughs) Right under three foot tall. Okay. You know? And she's always been laughed at because she's so sh- so short. She's so short. So short. So very short. So uh, <laughs> she's got kind of a blondish reddish hair. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she carries herself very like serious. She's very serious, Lots even though serious. she's very short. You know, people might look at her and think she's being you know funny and all that stuff, but she's very serious. It takes her job very seriously. She's wearing leaf guard armor, so she is part of the leaf guard. Yes, she is. And uh, she's got green eyes, and that's about it. You yeah, know? She's cool pretty, beans. She's pretty cool. So you see this miniature gnome come walking up to the door, and she reaches forward, grab the handle, and you open the door. You step inside. And what's your character's name? My character's name is Mindred Timbers. Mindred Timbers. But she goes by many. She goes by many. Because she's little. I just got it. <laughs> I just got that. That's really You didn't cute. get it? I, I just that. got many for Minich. I just put that connection. Mindred Timbers, and she goes by many. <laughs> I just got that. That's awesome. That I is amazing. I, I love this name. Uh, we're just, from now on, you're just going to play many and everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Minnie, you step into the door, and you see inside, like I said, it's it's the Bumpkin Pumpkin, and it lives up to its name. Everything is autumn-themed. Uh, the wood, the floor, no, not the wood is floor. Obviously, the wood is floor. The floor is wooden, but it doesn't look like it's been, you know, cut and carved and built. It's grown, like everything in Fallen Grove. It is magically crafted wooden floor inside this pumpkin, which is a little weird. And you've never been here before. Uh, you know the place, but you've never come by here you know maybe you didn't like the name i don't know but this isn't your area you had instructions right to come here Mm -hmm. to meet someone you have uh, an appointment if you will you step inside and it's pretty calm in here there's actually not very many people at all there's a a short i say short it's kind of redundant to say that there's a a gnomish man over here on the left Uh, gnomes are short, older. He's got a long gray beard. Uh, he seems to be eating a bowl of soup. You see a couple of elves, halflings, humans, different people. But, you know, in, in a pretty decently sized dining area, there aren't very many people. 
You step inside, you see the bumpkin pumpkin in all of its splendor. What do you do? Hmm. Do I know exactly who I'm supposed to? You know who you're supposed to meet, but you don't see him here. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to walk up to the, uh, what do you call it? A bar, I okay. guess it's what it's called. Sure, yeah. Excuse me, sir. Uh, and they turn you around, can't see me. turn around, and so it's it's a little tall for you. So you kind of have to, you, you see a little bit of the top of your head, just kind of peeking over the top of the bar, and uh, you hear someone shuffle around, turn, around, and they look over and lean over, and it's actually an elven woman, and she says, "Um, sir, no, sorry, can I help you? Are you looking for your parents?" Uh, no, no, I'm here on official business for the Leaf Guard. And, oh, uh, good goodness. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. Very I, serious. I did not mean to offend you. <laughs> um, official business. Oh, oh, actually, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was told to look. I'm so forgetful. Uh, yes, if, you, if you'd like to follow me, I, I can take you. Um, yes, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I feel please. like you're not, you know, you don't have yourself together right now. Well, you want I, me to leave and come back in a second? No, no, it's fine. You uh, need a minute? Uh, no, please, just follow, follow me. Okay. I'm sorry. She she kind of, like, she was holding a towel in her hand. She was cleaning some dishes uh, there behind the bar. And then she just sits it down, and she kind of takes off her apron and shuffles around. She opens a little, like, the, the bar that folds up. She steps out, and she begins to walk to the other end of the pumpkin. And uh, there's a doorway. It's like two swinging doors. She steps in, and she holds the door open for you to enter. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. You're, you're welcome. And again, I'm, I'm really sorry about that comment. Oh, no problem. It's good. Well, um... Okay, if you'd like to follow me, she turns around. She, you're now in the kitchen. There's people cooking. Like I said, not many people. You know, basically just one guy back there just kind of fixing some Keep food. it up, man. They all kind of look at you and, and then just shake their head. And by they all, I mean the one guy. He turns and looks at you. He kind of shakes his head. Uh, he's a dwarven guy with a big, long beard. And he turns around and goes back to cooking. He's kind of like <laughs> humming a little dwarven tune. And uh, there's a door on the opposite side of the kitchen. She leads you over to it, and she opens it. And inside, you see what looks like a sort of more homely, small dining area. It looks like probably where, like, workers or the owners would come and eat dinner if they don't want to sit out in the hustle of the bustle. And uh, inside, there are three figures seated around a large oval-ish type table. One of them you immediately recognize as Nephael. He is very slender and wiry with long brown hair, which he has pulled up into like a bun on the top of his head, kind of like a samurai. He's wearing plain traveling clothes, except for uh, the cloak of the leaf guard, which he has draped over his left shoulder. And you also see two other figures sitting there. Mike, why don't you describe your character for us? Also sitting at the table, you see a person that appears kind of large sitting down. Um... You're not sure quite how large. He's wearing a ratty green cloak that comes through. And through the holes in it, you can see it's not actually a person. You just start seeing wooden cords and blue metal all attached to one another. And then you see green glowing eyes up by his face that seems to be mostly blue metal. And uh, in looking at this, you realize he's a warforged. Um, and in that, he's got a huge great sword strapped to his back he looks large sitting down but you're not sure how large but also yeah. anytime he shifts it's like the chair is just getting ready to break <laughs> like it's just a second away from just giving out yeah somewhat of an intimidating figure perhaps mm -hmm. brie why don't you describe your character for us um so my character is 
um, kind of slight of frame, probably sitting right next to your character. She has kind of silvery hair, green eyes, and um, leather armor. She does have a heavy cloak to cover with a hood, so if she ever needs to be kind of stealthy and blend in with the mm-hmm. crowd, she can. But she presents herself very well, so she's very clean and um, tidy as well. Oh, and she does have a short bow, and she's an elf. <laughs> um, and I think that's about it. A high elf, right? Yes, a high elf, yep. Oh, okay. wow. Which is interesting, uh, just due to the fact that, you know, she's sitting there with Nephi, and you know, there's a little bit of bad blood between the high elves and the wood elves, but not everyone prescribes to that sort of outdated mindset, I guess you could say. As I was saying, Bree, I was thinking that uh, perhaps you and Nephiel actually know each other. Okay. Because your character is not old, but you've got a few years on you, right? Like, I think your character sheet said like 175 years old. Yeah, she's 175 years young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you've, you, I mean, you've lived life for a while, so you've encountered a lot of different people. And I was thinking that actually perhaps you and Nephi had ran into one another some years back when you were somewhere out traveling or doing something, maybe helping someone, maybe even uh, assisted the leaf guard or they assisted you, he did, okay. in a sort of mission. Uh, that just gives you guys a little history, if you're cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Minnie, you step inside, and Nephiel says, Ah, Minnie, welcome, welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you made it. Yes, sir. She is very small. <laughs> <laughs> and Chipper Harbinger, uh, please, if, if you wouldn't mind, have a seat. We, uh, we have much business to discuss. Thank you, sir. You can... Calm down, I'm so, Sorry, sir. I mean, okay, sorry. Please, drop the formalities. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I would like to introduce you to a couple of friends of mine. Well, I say a couple. Harbinger and I just met, uh, but this is my friend Ayla. Ayla, this is Minnie. She is one of our leaf guard. Pleasure to meet you. So nice to meet you as well. You're such a fun size. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yes. I've been, uh, you know... I've been small all my life, but yes. You must be very efficient in everything you do. Everything I do. I try my best. I start to stand up to shake her hand. Okay. And in this, you see me, and then you can suddenly see me come to my full height, which is about mm-hmm. seven and a half feet tall. And the wood just, like, creaks almost as I stand, even though it's grown yeah. in. So, oh, yeah. And I'll reach down to shake Minnie's hand. And it's like the size of her head. Uh, hello. <laughs> you. Hello. Wow. Do you not shake hands? Uh, she she is uh, very uh, taken back by yeah, very your size. Intimidated. Um, she, well, she straightens up and she's like, sorry, sir. And grabs your finger, I guess, and just shakes your hand. <laughs> You're very serious. I try to be, sir. I sit back down. <laughs> well, now that we've all been introduced, uh, we we do have some business to discuss. I asked you to meet us here, Minnie. I, I'm, no one knows of your journey here, correct? Correct. I know that we don't always operate under such secrecy, but as you know, things are 
Well, things are a bit difficult, and our search for the Archdruid has yielded very, very poor results so far. As I'm sure you have heard, the uh, the Corrine is ready to elevate me to the official status of the Archdruid of Fallen Grove. Yes, I have heard this news. Well, you know that we must stop that if we can. But, sir, if Elevonre doesn't come back, you will be the... You think he's still out there. You really do believe it. I know it in my heart, Minnie. I know that he is still out there. I know that we can find him. Of course, since I am now acting as the forthcoming Archdruid, I cannot I cannot accompany you on this journey. But I need you to do something for me. I need you to chase one final lead. And if this lead yields no results, then I will accept my duty. I will be what the people need me to be. And I believe that my friends, Ayla and Harbinger, will be perfect to help you on this mission. And we have one more, there, we have one more operative. I would have thought he'd been here by now. About that time, the door opens, and uh, stepping through the door comes Alan's character. Alan, why don't you describe your character? So he is a half-elf of, you know, medium build, maybe a little tallish, but not super tall. And he's wearing a uh, purple robe with eyes all over it. And he's looking around sort of... <laughs> Felicia just looked at me. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. He's looking around sort of furtively, like like almost nervous-like, but almost, mm-hmm. but sort of not so much nervous as he is just sort of like he's noticing things constantly and trying to take it all in. <laughs> He looks around kind of like, oh, hey, everybody's here. And he uh, quickly approaches, uh, what was his name, Nifanil? Nephiel. Nephiel. (laughs) (laughs) Nifanil. I really missed it. I should have called him Nifanil. So he walks up to him and says, ah, Nifanil, sorry I'm late. Jimalil, thank you for joining us. And again, it is Nephiel. Nephiel, Nifanil, yes, right. Yes. Did you get the scrolls? Do you have the scrolls? Do I have the scrolls? Yeah. Uh, So he (laughs) takes his uh, satchel and opens it and says, I have the scrolls right here. Excellent. Excellent. If you'd like to take a seat, we will begin immediately. Uh, This is my friend Ayla and her companion, Harbinger. And uh, this is one of our leaf guard. Her name is Minnie. You look over, she's just saluting. Uh, I get it. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Likewise. Ah, this is quite the party we have gathered today. I've heard a lot about you and your travels and the things that you did for the canopy, and I'm just... It's so great to meet you. Sorry, sir. That was out of line. I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's okay. Uh, it's nice to meet you as well. Why are you important? <laughs> uh, I'm not, to be honest, but I am here to help. Okay. Yes. Jim has come to help us, and he is particularly suited to aid us in this journey. Actually, Jim is the one that brought this lead to me. The one that I believe the four of you should follow from here, and hopefully it will lead you to Elevonre himself. But that is enough with the introductions. Let me get right down to business. The fact is, we have searched across this land. We have searched the forest. All of our agents, all of our friends, we have... We've exhausted our resources. Elevonre cannot be found. And while the Corrine is ready to accept that he has passed from the mortal coil, I am bothered 
by the fact that we cannot find any sign of his death. This is the thing that has haunted me for these two years. And just two weeks gone now, Jim here, Jim, it's, it's, it's okay if we call you Jim, right? Jim is perfect. Jim came to me there as we were, where we were rebuilding the Corrine, where the circle would meet. He approached me, called me by name. He said it wrong, but he <laughs> called me by name. And uh, it began to inform me of a vision, a message from the goddess Atonia herself. You see, Jim here is... What was the word you used? Antonio's champion. champion. Yes. Antonio's. <laughs> Alan, not all of your characters can be bad with names, right? I mean, is that... That's fair. <laughs> like, Jupiter. Jupiter. You have been with the goddess herself. This is true. We get coffee sometimes. I thought it was tea. You said tea. Uh, I lied. It's it's neither. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> she she comes as she needs to talk to me. Yes, and she sent him to me with information regarding Elvan Ray's whereabouts. She believes that the reason we cannot find him is because he is not on this plane. You could say. Hmm. Hmm. It's true. He's on a different plane, possibly. Possibly, Jim and some compatriots of his traveled to this place. The same creature that destroyed the canopy, they faced it in this place, apparently. Jim has told me. It's true. At great loss, we managed to overcome it. Is there a way for us to get back there? Well, that is why Jim has come. Tonya has given him the information that he needs to lead us to this place. Of course, by us, I mean the four of you, for I cannot go. I cannot leave this plane, though I would love to at this integral time for our people. That's understandable. And so what I would like to ask is I would like to ask the four of you to follow Jim. Jim will lead you to this place, and I hope, beyond hope, that you can find him there. I'm here. No, not you, Jim. Levon, <laughs> we are looking... Right, right, right. Follow, follow with me, Jim. Follow with me. Sir, we will do our best. He is our a best. strange man. <laughs> yes, Jim says. Yes, I, yes. Yes, that checks out. We believe that perhaps he is there. Jim has the information and hopefully all that he needs to get there. You are heading east. He turns to Minnie. Minnie, you know of the island that sits in the center of the Kalen River. Yes, sir. I've been there a few times. Yes, it is a very, very, very dangerous place. It is. No one lives there. No. Of course, you know of the uh, the legends of some ancient being that was locked away there by Atonia, some creature that offended her or harmed her people. She imprisoned it there, some ruinous place. Of course, these are just rumors, legends. No one knows for sure, for we have avoided it. It is it's sort of a, uh, I don't want to say an unholy place. It's not really the word for it. Just one that is unnatural. I'm afraid that that is exactly where Atonia has told us to go. That's right. Unnatural is kind of the name of the game here. It is. That's very true. Jim, you have uh, the scrolls. He kind of reaches to get them from you. I hand him the scrolls. He takes them out and he kind of lays them out before you. And you all can see it, it's like ancient runes and writing. 
and um, most of you can read Elvish, and it's it's an older form of Elvish, but you can sort of make out that it it is legends. It's what it is. It's it's information about this place. It's how that it's. Uh, no one ever needs to go there is basically the gist that you get from these things. And there is a sort of map of the island, which isn't that large. I'm not great with actual real-life distances, but, you know, you could easily cross it in a few hours if you were just walking at a normal pace, assuming that nothing hindered you. You know what I mean? It's not that big of an of an island, probably, probably a two-hour walk from one side to the other. Which is pretty big for one in the middle of a river, but you know, this is uh, this is where you must go, and in the very center of the island is where there is supposed to be some sort of doorway, a path that will open, lead you to this place, this grove you've called it, right, Jim? Grove is accurate. There's trees there. That's what a grove is. <laughs> Gosh. Jim's back. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Now, of course, none of you are required to complete this task, but if the three of you are willing, he turns to uh, Ayla. Ayla, I've asked you here because this is the sort of mission that could require sneaking. I, I know that you're quite capable of getting in and out of places without being noticed. Well, your belief in Elevonre still being out there is convincing enough to me. I'm willing to do whatever I can to help you. And Harbinger, I assume you will accompany her? Ooh, yes. He doesn't really leave my side, so we kind of are stuck with him. I see. Well, you may need his assistance. I, <laughs> I don't know if there's any truth to this being that allegedly lives on this island, but it is possible that you're heading into grave danger. I, I can't say. I, I believe there has to be a reason that Elevonre has not been able to return to us. He is a man of great power, and if he was able to enter this grove, then surely I would believe he would be he would be able to leave it. But here we are, so... If the four of you are willing, I believe you should leave now. You are only an hour's travel from the, the shore of the river. You should be able to reach the island within just a couple hours. Minnie, you know one of our secret storehouses that are... Set up along the river, yes? Yes, sir. There is one just southeast of here. I believe that you have used it before to cross the river. There should be a few small boats there to help you cross. Yes, we used to do patrol around the island every once in a while. That's the only time I've seen it. But it is very, like you say, unnatural. Yes. It is certainly a phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Gosh, thank you. <laughs> that was so pleasing. No, you got it. Okay. Well, are the four of you equipped? Are you ready to go? Do you need anything from me? Do you have any magic items? A friend of mine from times past would always seek those before an adventure and during an adventure and after an adventure. Mm. Yeah. He sounds uh, greedy. <laughs> <laughs> anything that could help. I have given you the knowledge that I have... And I've brought you together. I, I don't know what else I could offer you. I have this cloak. I already have a cloak. And he spins and then gets a little dizzy from all the eyes spinning. <laughs> again, again with this. Yes, I can see that. It is uh, flashy. Yes. Well, in any case, I thought I would ask. But, you know, I, understand. I think we're well, well equipped as it is. You can never be too equipped unless you're <laughs> overburdened and you can't move. But... Does that anyway. happen to you often? No, no. I, uh, well, sometimes. 
Um, before we go, would you happen to have any longbows that I might be able to use on the journey? Well, yes, I'm certain that uh, I can equip you with a longbow. I believe I have one uh, up inside my room where I stayed last night. I can fetch that for you if you believe that it would help you on your journey. That would be great. And there is, there is, of course, one thing I would like to send with you. And he pulls out a small bag and he hands it to you, Minnie. And he says, there are a number of healing potions inside. Not an unlimited supply, but a few that I hope will help you if you do run into trouble. So there's like six greater potions of healing in there. Cool. I believe this would be of great help to you on your journey. And like I said, hopefully there's no great, you know, ancient beast that you have to fight or something to get into this <laughs> place. I'm, I'm Thank sure, you, sir. I'm sure that won't happen. But if it does, you have uh, you have these potions. Hopefully, they will help you. Hopefully, I can do my best to just protect this group. Yes. Well, I, I believe that. Um, She's I believe that so small. <laughs> I would not take my size into account when it comes to saving your life because I am fully capable of saving your lives. He puts a hand on your shoulder, Minnie, and he says, "Calm, calm down." <laughs> Sorry, sir. Calm. You know, it bothers me sometimes. Don't underestimate her. You only have experience being large. (laughs) That's that's a good point. She makes a very wise point. Mm. Wow, it's so funny. We got a dude that's super tall and a girl that's super (laughs) short. Yes, yes, all the spectrum. What's your class, Minnie? Yeah, I'm a druid. Ah, in nature, as the druids say, the small things often confound the large. That's very true in this case. Harbinger is very confused about her sus. <laughs> Nephi stands and he heads to the door and he says, wait just a moment and I'll, I'll retrieve that bow for you. He steps out, he comes back and he brings you a very well-made uh, but pretty standard longbow. Perfect. Thank you so much. This should help a lot. <laughs> it was made by some of our best bow crafters in the canopy. Feel free to use it and hopefully it will treat you well. Now, I must return post-haste to the canopy. We have much to do. I hope that you all have a safe journey, and I hope beyond hope that you can find our friend and my mentor. Yes, sir. Our hope is the same. You have my robe. (laughs) No, Jim, I I don't want it. And my axe. (laughs) Please keep keep your robe. I want to keep my robe. I'd like to keep my bow. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I have my robe, but you—it's used in your service. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. This is all very confusing. Yes. Thank you again, Jim. Thank you for your dedication and for your willingness to serve the goddess. Thank you for all of this, and hopefully, you can find him. Yes. May Atonia bless our paths. Yes, and hopefully, this isn't you know the. Misdirection of some evil creature just pretending to be one of the gods again. Why would you say that? I'm just kidding. He doesn't. He doesn't know that. <laughs> probably. I mean, unless you told him, you might have told him. I don't know. I keep it a secret. Kind of had a feeling that was probably okay. So the four of you set out from the pumpkin. Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Jim looks back at it and says, "That pumpkin still confuses me. It's so big, and yet it doesn't rot." How does this happen? That's magic. Many notes to take later. <laughs> many notes. Many notes. Yes, many. Would you mind taking notes for me? Ever yes, since sir. I lost my quill of writing, I pull out my tablet and I start writing it down. Yes, sir. So the pumpkin, it is of sturdy design. It's oh, not or, organic sturdy as I experienced. Typical pumpkins. Not 
and and he just prattles on. Seems to be a magical pumpkin. Indeed, magical pumpkin. The druids. I mean, you're a druid, right? So you must know how. How does this pumpkin preserved and structurally sound to, or to allow inhabitants to live? Magic. Right, right. But simply what magic. Sort of magic? Simply magic. Is the journey going to be like this? <laughs> yes, it is. And what should have been a two-hour journey feels like it takes forty-seven years. Four hours later. Indeed. She puts no. her notebook up. As we arrive, Jim says, mm-hmm. "So my." St- I think that's my standing theory. The pumpkin is infused with magic, but the magic itself is also surrounding the pumpkin and within it. So there's a pressure without. talk too much. (laughs) Indeed, I do. My notes are going to be so hard to sort out later. (laughs) Sir, I know that I know that you are wondering about this pumpkin, but I wrote down all your notes that you wanted and we can look at it later, but right now we need to get on our way. So you're at the river. I start walking across. You have arrived on uh, the shore, I guess you could say, of the Kalen River. You followed the road. I mean, there's no reason for you to you know, hide that you're traveling. You come along the road. You don't run into many people. You may wave at the occasional passerby. And I'm sure that Harbinger gets some strange looks as he has gotten probably used to, if he even notices, at this point, but uh, as you all do finally reach the shore of the Kalen River, uh, many you know that you guys are just maybe a half a mile's walk south along the river to where one of your uh, Leaf Guard storehouses mm. resides. So you lead them along the shore, and uh, you guys just kind of walk along. I'm sure Jim is still musing, perhaps, over the pumpkin and the magic involved therein. But you all finally do come upon what looks like a large tree but many immediately recognizes it it looks like a normal tree to the naked eye but there's actually a uh, a symbol carved onto it in the shape of the triquetra of atonia that symbol but it is blank this all the sides are blank except for the side that has the leaf it has the the leaf emblem there which notes it as a symbol of the leaf guard there one of your storehouses so you find like a little secret compartment that's cut into this tree and uh, it leads down into a sort of cellar beneath the roots of the tree. All right, everyone, we're here. Follow me. Try to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they did that to us the first time we came here. Can we see the island from here? Can you see the island? You can't, not from here. Okay. <laughs> Don't walk. So we just walk down there and the boats are down there? Yeah, or you, we go down, through a- you go down there. No, it's, it's, it's a pretty... It's, it's decently sizable in terms of storehouses. You know, it's like a big cellar. Uh, you actually see there's like food stuff. You know, the general things that would be here would be food, some clothes. If you needed like a dry change of clothes, different sizes, there are some standard weapons, like standard issue weaponry, like scimitars, short swords. There's a couple of bows and some arrows, nothing fancy and, you know, things like that. And then there are a couple, actually only two, which works out because you probably need them at least, two like wooden carved rowboats look kind of like canoes, large canoes. All right, everyone, Ayla, Harbinger, I would say get in that boat, unless you would like to, you know, you get in that boat and then I get in the boat with the big guy and then, you know, whatever. But I say we just keep you two together. How about that? I think I might need my own boat. I think that might be a good idea. (laughs) All right, sir. Uh, take that boat, and we'll all get in this boat. But can you row that boat by yourself? I'm sure I'll be fine. 
Can you reach the bottom of the river? <laughs> well, I don't think I can drown. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> if you have any trouble, just let me know, and I will jump over there and help you. Okay. So I guess we get in the boat and head that way. Yeah. Well, they're in a cellar, so you probably carry them out first, right? Or you just like get oh, them. Oh, I thought it was like them. there's water down no. there. No, it's like a it's like a cellar. Okay, I had a different picture of my we mind. We should just get in the boats in the cellar. Yeah, just get in and just start rowing. So I Jim mean, gets in, it's just... I'll, I'll start carrying one of the boats out. It's just one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're they're not that heavy. They're pretty light, uh, you know, well-made, well-carved elven wooden canoes. You guys carry them out pretty easily. I'd say Harbinger probably carries one by himself, and the rest of you can get the other one out. You get it out there, and you all climb into your boats. There are some some oars you know, provided inside of them. So are you putting Harbinger in his own boat? <laughs> probably. Yes. Alright, so Harbinger, you have a, a little bit of trouble uh, getting in the boat <laughs> in deep enough water that when you get into it, it doesn't just immediately settle. <laughs> onto the ground uh, just because your weight but after many trials and error with the other three kind of just waiting Maybe. and watching just I watching guess uh, you manage to get out onto the water and I mean the edge of the water is just it is just a hair's breadth from the from spilling over into your canoe <laughs> so every every once in a while you know a good splash of water just comes pouring in you know if you do much wiggling or anything like that. So the, the other three of you can can fit pretty well into the canoe, uh, and you start to go along. You have a feeling that these canoes are somewhat magically touched. You know, they, they are of elven make, and so it's not like, oh, these are magic boats, but they are designed with magic in mind and grown in such a way that they won't sink easily. So it keeps you above the water. You just get your feet and your legs pretty wet, Harbinger. I mean, I don't guess you get a chance to test the whole drowning theory unless you want to just jump off. And <laughs> jump off. Take a big breath oh, I think, or whatever. I think I'll keep rowing the boat. <laughs> okay. So we don't get a feeling that they'll fit into a small box when we get out? <laughs> yes. Who has that? <laughs> okay, so you all, um, you row and you travel south, and you don't go too far. You know, maybe maybe another half hour, hour of riding along. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining, and where you're at now on the Kalen River, you're in that place where the forest meets and the sun is clearly visible from above you. So it's it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's you know it feels good to be out here. A nice warm breeze. It's just a very nice sort of day. This is quite a nice sort of day. <laughs> no. There it was. So after a little bit of travel, you do see off in the distance the island. It is easily noticeable. Uh, as you are floating down the river, honestly, a couple of miles before you get to it, you come into a long, straight stretch of the river. There's the island. <laughs> Thank you, Harbinger. Thanks for keeping your eyes out. You can see up ahead where the river splits and the island just kind of diverts it. And uh, this is probably the first time that Harbinger and uh, Ayla have seen it, if I was guessing. Probably Jim as well. You've been around here. You've never been like deep into the island because you've been under strict orders to never go deep into the island. Like you said, maybe just some patrols checking things out here and there. But you know, as you all approach, you can see that there's no simple shore 
the water doesn't just kind of spill up onto the shore. It is the island is up out of the water with cliffs on both sides. So there's no easy way for you to dock a boat and just walk up onto the island. It's as if nature itself has created a way to keep things and people off of this island. How would you be doing it climbing? I guess we're going to have to. I'm not terribly athletic myself, but I'll see what I can do. Harbinger, would you be able to help us get up there? Well, we'll have to see if the boat tips or not. <laughs> you all sort of, you know, sail. I sail is not really the right word, I don't guess. You, you float up to it. And many, you have been over before and you have had to scale the wall. Like I said, you've never been deep into, but you sort of have stepped onto the island and been in different places. And, you know, there are a number of spots where there are roots, like, coming out of the side of this rock and dirt cliff where the trees have uh, dug deep with their root to get down in the water since there's so much of an expanse. And uh, you know that you guys could probably tie your boats off there, and that would give you a little handhold to get started. All right, everyone, let's tie the boats over here. And we'll just head on up. Let's head on up. She's going to tie her boat off, well, their boat. And Harbinger, are you tying your boat off? Yeah, I'll tie my boat off. Okay. So I'm just literally going to jump on the wall. Okay, everyone, just kind of follow me. And I'm just going to go. <laughs> okay, you're going to start trying to climb? Give me an athletics check. Oh, I'm horrible at rolls. Okay, what is that? That's a Nine? Nine? So you start climbing, you grab a root, and you start pulling yourself up, and uh, the root that you're holding on to just breaks, and you fall down into the water. Can I try to catch her? Uh, yeah. Give me a dexterity save or check. Uh, 16. Yeah, that'll do it. So right as your little feet start to like hit the water, he just snatches you right up. And she's not going to be like startled. Like, her falling, she tries to keep her cool. So... <laughs> When you catch her, she's just like, thank you. Thank you so much for catching me. Now I'm going to try again. Yeah, I just put her back in her her canoe. <laughs> okay. She's just good. All right. So are the rest of you going to try and climb? Do I notice any kind of structural, like, better path? Like, more roots in a certain area or anything like that from looking at it? Uh, you can... You could give me a perception or investigation check to look for something like that, whichever one you prefer. Okay, we'll do perception. 24. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you you just sort of step back and you're just kind of scanning the wall, and you can see a place up there where it seems like a root has sort of woven in and out down the side of this cliff face, and uh, it looks like it would be easier for you to climb up over there. Okay, I'm going to try that. <laughs> Okay, so you make your way over that way, and uh, you can give me an athletics check with advantage. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen is enough. So you don't zip up the side of the, of the wall or anything, but you easily go from one route to the next and start climbing your way up. Okay. Okay. This area, you... I'm just going to like turn over and tell everybody, this area is a little bit more sturdy if you guys want to try this route over here. Good job, Ayla, for finding that. How tall is the cliffside? Uh, from where you guys are at right now, it's probably twenty to thirty feet high off of the water. So it's pretty high. I mean, it's you know, it's it's up there off the water. Do I think I could throw a bundle of rope up to her? Yeah, probably. Do you have uh, some rope on you? Yes, I, I have fifty feet of rope. Oh, perfect. Okay, all right. So Ayla has made it to the top. 
Ayla, it is thick forestry up there. So you can easily stand there on sort of a grassy ledge. You look down and you can see that Harbinger seems to be pulling out his rope. Okay. You can toss it up to me. Yeah. You want to check for that? Yeah. Um, we'll go with strength. Strength is fine. Because I'll say it's less about getting it exactly to where she is because she can move about pretty easily. And it's more about just, you know, getting it up that distance. Uh, 20. Wow. Is that like a natural 20 or a modified 20? No, it's uh, 15 plus my strength. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. So you uh, you easily get it up there. You easily get the uh, the rope right up in her general direction. And Ayla, if you'd like, you're able to grab the end and just tie it off at uh, one of the numerous tree trunks that are right there. <laughs> okay. They look plenty sturdy enough to hold the rope for them to climb up. Yeah, I'll tie it off on the nearest one. Okay. So with the rope, you all can climb now if you'd like with advantage. Yay. I got a 17. Okay. Plus anything? I don't know. <laughs> Did you say strength? What is this? What is this plus? What is this well, I Dungeons and the, Dragons? I forget the plus. Uh, I th- oh, it's a minus no, one. So it's a 16. A, it's a 16, but that's you know it's still that's still good enough to get you to the top. Jim? 14. 14. You have a little trouble. You're sort of like last in line, if that makes sense. And it takes you a little while. Like you said, you're not all that athletic, but you managed to get to the top with some strain. And uh, Harbinger? 12 plus 8, so a 20. All right, yeah. You're just tearing that dirt to pieces as you are just <laughs> climbing up. Probably, you know, you're using the rope, but I'd say every time your foot sort of hits that cliff, it just makes a foothold. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just punching holes in it all the way up, just eating up this cliffside. And pretty soon you're all up there. So you have officially made it on to the island. Mm-hmm. Good thinking on the rope. Thank you. Rope is quite handy. I never leave home without it except today. <laughs> oh, you forgot it today. Okay. I will collect my rope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good call. So you uh, un- untie the knot, take the rope, store it back into your pack, and you all turn to face this island. Now that you are up here and you're turning and you look, first of all, it feels slightly cooler up here. It's not cold, but it's a little a bit of a cooler air than you felt even when you were down on the top of the river. This forest here on this island is thicker and uh, more dense than anything that you ran into on the way here through Fallen Grove. It seems almost as if the terrain is actively trying to keep you back. And as you all, I'm assuming, begin to start taking your first steps onto the island toward the center, you notice that this is going to be slow going. In fact, every spot of this island in this forest is considered difficult terrain. Hmm. So you're moving through it, but you are constantly having to press through bushes and brambles, just weeds and grass that have grown up over waist high, not even considering like the large brush and bushes that are even over your head, except for maybe Harbinger, but maybe some are over your head, Harbinger. What's the sort of marching order? How are you all going to try and press through this difficult area? Minnie's going to be in the front. Minnie is in the front. You can't hold her back. Okay. She's a strong... Independent, independent gnome. gnomish woman. <laughs> yes, small, strong, small. small, independent gnomish woman. She's just following I'll be, orders. I'll be behind she don't her. Care. Okay, Harbinger is behind you, pressing through. And Harbinger, I'd say that you mostly just kind of are just crashing through everything. Yep. Yeah, Manny's going under everything, and then Harbinger's just coming down. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's <just> under. <laughs> Um, and, and then, you know, for Jim and for Ayla, 
who's behind Harbinger? I'm assuming Ayla's probably behind Harbinger yeah, and Jim in the back. Yeah, right behind him. Yeah, and I'll take up the rear. And as Jim goes through all the branches scratching against his robe, he's like, my eyes, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna pull, I'd like my to pull eyes. up my rapier if I can and start to kind of brush at some of the, the brush coming back at us. Yeah, the fact that you guys are behind Harbinger and he's like a, a wall of wood and metal <laughs> moving through the forest actually makes the, the difficulty of it isn't so bad for you two but you're still moving at half speed because he has to move at half speed to clear it for you. So you're able, it's a lot easier for you, Ayla, to push the, the, you know, the thorns and the bushes and everything back. I'll so have my hand axes out too, as I'm going to like try to trim some stuff. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you're, you're kind of cutting things here and there that, you know, are going to be an issue, especially for those behind you. Do you have two hand axes? I do. Okay. So you're kind of dual wielding one in each hand for yep. those things. I just looked at your attacks, and it has iron fists listed as an attack, and that's awesome. (laughs) That is very cool. Uh, Okay, so you uh, you're kind of chopping through with your hand axes, and uh, you know you guys are making your way, but it is slow going, and for a while this is just kind of what's happening. So uh, let's have let's see, let's have Minnie and Harbinger both make Constitution saving throws for me. What's that say? It's a natty 20. Net 20. I have a uh, 19. Okay. You're both doing very well. Uh, You're holding up just excellently as you're carving your way through this mess of trees and bushes and brambles. And you're pressing through, pressing through. Uh, Are the rest of you doing anything as you travel? Jim is looking at all the flora for anything he doesn't recognize. Okay. You see things that you do not recognize. You see plants that look exotic and strange. You see large vines hanging down with like six-inch thorns hanging off of them. You see all kinds of things. You want to make me a uh, perception check? I'll make you a perception check. It is an 18 plus 2. That's a 20. Is that with advantage? Oh, I have advantage? Oh, yeah, because my robe always gives you that, right? Yeah. yeah, so that's still an 18 plus 2, because the other one okay. was a 5. Okay, so you got a, a modified 20, which is really good. Yes. You, As you all are pressing through, you notice, first of all, it's cooler, and it's getting cooler the farther that you go. You also notice that it's darker. Like I said, when you're in, the, when you're in Fallen Grove, it's, it's kind of dim underneath the canopy of the trees. But here, it, it's, it's almost like the trees are, are starting to reject the sunlight. You know what I mean? It's very dark here. Oh, I'll say very dark. It's not very dark. It's abnormally dim. You're in what's considered dim light right now uh, because of this area that you're, as, as you're getting deeper into the forest. But you do notice lots of plant life, trees that you don't recognize, vines that you don't recognize. You also hear things kind of chittering off in the distance that sound somewhat predatory if that makes sense uh it, it doesn't feel natural and and actually now that you kind of you kind of have that thought you know this place just doesn't feel natural you notice that the sort of telltale feeling that you get when you enter into fallen grove that sanction that you all have you know that that makes travel easy and that sort of warm fuzzy feeling you get for being uh deep into fallen grove and accepted by atonia you don't feel that here it feels different. You don't feel rejected. Jim, you are reminded of your experiences when you came into Fallen Grove with your friends, you know, 
when Lorik and Servants were experiencing those negative effects of, of, of the sanction not being set on them, right? You don't necessarily think that it's that. It's just something just doesn't feel right. It's a sort of odd spiritual resonance, if that makes sense, about this place. You begin to feel a little bit of that, like someone's looking over your shoulder, paranoia. Jim looks around and then realizes he can already see all around him with his eyes. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. He does see all around him. Yes. It's kind of like an instinctual, like, whenever somebody, you feel like oh, you're yeah. being watched, you kind of look around and then he realizes, yeah. oh, I can already see. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim, you are in the back, right? I am in the back. Minnie? I'm in the front. Make me a perception check, Minnie. <sighs> I just rolled a net 20. Now I'm going to roll a one. I hope you do. Oh. <laughs> Does that mean? Yeah. Sorry. It doesn't have okay. to be a one. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a 15 plus. That's a plus six. Yeah, plus six. So Where did you tw- see that at? On your character sheet, Felicia. Yeah, I'm looking. This is Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. Oh, there it is. No, wait. That's on it. Oh, there it is. I get lost on my paper sometimes. Felicia struggles too. with her character I sheet. I do too. You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. So, I got a 21. Okay, 21 is really good. Man, I was hoping you wouldn't roll that, huh? I know. <laughs> you're moving through, and, uh, you know, you're, you're crawling between. You're trying to find the little nooks and the crannies, like a little, little weasel. You're just weaseling through these, these gaps. Every nook and cranny. Uh, you know, making your way, and Harbinger's just, boom, boom, pushing through, cutting down trees with his axe. I feel like she would be walking around with, like, her hands behind her back, and she just... Well, you, uh, you walking under stuff. You tuck yeah. between. You tuck between two like large brambles, and uh, as you do, you open up into not a clearing. It's still it's still difficult terrain because of the tall. Like it's weird because even though there's like very little sun here, there's lots of grass and weeds just growing thick that tangle up your feet, and uh, you you start. To, when I say tall, I mean it's like up to your collarbone probably. I mean you're two feet tall, uh, three feet tall. So yeah, it's like almost it's almost neck height with you, and uh, you step out and uh, you are in a little bit of a clearing in terms of there isn't any large bushes or large trees pressing you in for about I don't know maybe a thirty or forty foot radius, hmm. and you you push through and you can hear as Harbinger is back there, whop chopping those brambles you just came through, uh, pressing through, and as he sort of steps through and you start to push through this little bit of a clearing. You stop short, and you notice two things. First, you notice an odd sort of feeling, similar to what Jim just felt, that sort of wrongness. And actually, as you all step into this clearing, you can all feel that, that sort of odd... It's almost like you feel nervous, you know what I mean? And uh, your foot touches a piece of like loose ground. You feel it sort of give in front of you, and you stop short. I'm going to do this. Okay, you hold up a hand. Hold no, on. no one notices it's just grass all around you. <laughs> I can see it. It's like, I hold up a hand. If you do this, they'll see it. If you do this, they don't see that. Uh, so she hold. There it is. Tall. There it is. There's that hand. Do you There's some have loose a ground question? up here. <laughs> I don't have a question, but we need to not go any further until I figure out what's going on with this ground. And then she's going to, like, notice where her foot felt like the ground was going to give okay and kind of step very lightly not like step on it but with one foot kind of touch that it feels like a little dip in the earth like a little like, like a hole not like a giant hole probably big enough for jim to fit in 
but not big enough for a harbinger to fit all the way in, you could easily get in there two or three times. It's like a little little dip, like a, like a small pit, but it doesn't look like it's been dug out. You get down and kind of look in it. Yeah. It's like a little hole in the ground with roots and stuff leading down. Like into the ground? Uh, not all the way into the ground, no. Like I said, about maybe five feet deep. What do you do? So she's going to like be down there, but okay. she's going to kind of holler up at Harbin. She literally has to like yell. Okay. Because she's way up there. Okay. It's a hole, kind of, but it's like, huh. Are you like leaning over in it or? I'm down, crouched down in the hole. Okay, so you're checking it out. So you're down in the but hole. But I turn my head. Okay, you turn your head. back at him. You turn your head yelling up to Harbinger down in the hole. You've kind of, I guess, like pulled down on top of the, some of the roots. Yeah. It's a dip. There's roots <laughs> down here. I don't really know. Are we all kind of up to about where that is now? Or are we still Yeah, yeah. You're all within there? probably five or ten feet where you can kind of see down where she is. Okay. So, and you're you're not in the hole, but you're just kind of... Oh, she's kinda, she's kind of in it I'm now. I'm kind of in it. Yeah, she's kind of down <laughs> okay. in it. Okay. It's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. Right about gonna, the time yeah, that you... I was going to poke at it with my bow a little bit, but <laughs> if you're okay, already, you in. already bow, down there. <laughs> you pull out your bow and you kind of poke down into the hole at the roots. And at that moment, Felicia, you notice as the roots just start moving. Uh... And the ground starts kind of churning. Can I, can I try to like pull her up with my bow just out of the hole? <laughs> Uh, she's gonna have a chance to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> okay. So we can we can flavor that with your bow. Uh, go ahead, Felicia, and make me a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Don't look at me with those eyes. <laughs> Literally, no one told you to climb down into the hole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm great. Yeah, I'm glad you did it. So well, I got a seven. Yeah, how's that save treating you there? <laughs> uh, you got a seven. So. Um, as these roots start moving and you all feel, you all feel it as the earth sort of starts churning. It's not just many, you all sort of kind of back up a little bit as the ground starts pulling toward this hole in front of you and something is like rising up out of the earth. Actually, it kind of looks like the grass and the weeds and the roots and the dirt are all sort of coming up together. And those roots wrap around your feet and start pulling you down deeper into this hole. So imagine like this. There's a mound of earth coming up, and the hole is coming up with it, but it's pulling you down into the mound. Okay, Minnie? This earth and tree and root and grass and everything just starts churning and moving around, and it rises up 10 feet tall in front of you, and you hear this sort of deep bellowing rumble that sounds sort of like a voice, but also sort of just like rock and dirt moving. And um, let's roll initiative. Sorry, guys. Okay, so Ayla got a five. No, she got ten total. Okay, ten total. Excellent. Okay. I got a 19. Okay. Wow. I... Big guy move fast. I also got a 19. Uh, I got a nine. Okay. First in the initiative order, there is the giant moving mound of earth and it is churning and rolling and it is pulling Minnie down into it. So the first thing that happens because of Minnie being pulled down into this thing is you are being engulfed by this thing, this creature, whatever it is, this earth. And uh, since you are doing so, you're being engulfed, you are now grappled by it, okay? On your turn, you will start it out grappled. You don't take any damage starting out, but you are currently being held by this thing, okay? Uh, and you guys, where you're at now, you're sort of facing the front of it, 
and this open mouth thing, you can't really see it. Uh, so Harbinger, like, it's your turn. You'll be starting out. But right now, this thing is just covered in, like, vines and grass and earth is moving around, and the opening is straight up toward the sky, I guess you could say. But it is your turn. What would you like to do? Can I see where Minnie is? You're pretty tall, so you could probably jump and reach the top where the opening, the mouth of this thing is, and you know that she's, like, down in it. You can probably see, like, an arm or a leg sticking up out of it. And am I close enough to get to it this round? Yes, you're. you were standing right up by the hole, so you've kind of backed up a little bit just because it was pulling itself up through, like, the earth with the grass and the vines and everything, pulling themselves up, but you're right up on it. You could, you're very close to it. Gotcha. Can I attempt to pull her out? Yeah, I'd say you could try to like hop up on top of this thing and grab her. That's fine if you want to do that. But it would take your action to try and grab her. Yep. Um, okay. I will do that. Okay. So you just kind of spend your move action running up to it and kind of jumping onto it. And you kind of have to pull yourself up, which is easy for you to do. Mm-hmm. And you pull yourself up and you can, you can see down into it and you can reach your arm down. She is being sort of pulled down and engulfed. There's all these roots and vines wrapping themselves around her. This thing is pulling me down. Before I do that, can I use my bonus action to rage? Yeah. Yes, you can. Rage. So I rage. And okay. I just get on top of that thing and start trying to pull, pull her out. Okay. So I'd say the easiest thing for you to do, especially in a rage, is grab what's holding her and try and rip it off. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So uh, give me a strength check. Gotcha. So I think I get advantage on that when I'm raging. I do believe so. Just a straight strength check, right? Yes. Um, that is a 14. Okay. <laughs> it's going to contest you. Okay. Unfortunately, that is not enough to break the vines and the roots. So what happens is you grab it and you start pulling, and it is pulling against you. And you're sort of locked into a pulling match with this thing, like a tug of war. And uh, you feel like you could eventually get it loose, but you're not able to pull it loose and break it this turn. Okay. Okay, so now it is Minnie's turn. Minnie, you are being pulled down by this thing. So the first thing I need you to do is I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. It's a a 10. Okay, so that's not good. You are being pulled down, uh, and you are now being engulfed by this thing to the point that you can't see, and you are restrained. So what do you want to try and do? So I can't see. You can't see? I'm being restrained. Mm Mm-hmm. And you want me to do something? It's up to you. What do you do? Uh, can I produce flame? You want to just try and like light a fire? Like yeah, cantrip. You, cantrip, yeah. You start a fire in your hands. Yes. So, uh, what are you gonna do with it? I guess send it downward, just because I know that it's like it's all around me, <laughs> right. but it's pulling me down. So I just want to hit under my feet. Yeah, you're just putting out some fire, right? Yeah. Okay. So just go ahead and make me a spell attack with it. 14. Plus your spell attack modifier, which is a plus six. So that's a modified 20. I, I, I'm going I'm to give you this advantage on this. Sorry. I forgot. Disadvantage? Yeah, because you're, oh, yeah. Because I mean, you're restrained I am, and blinded, you have disadvantage. And I mean, you're, it's odd because you're just sort of just kind of making a fire where you are and trying to burn it. But go ahead and give me another roll just for the effectiveness of it. That's an 11. Yeah. Okay. So you produce this flame. You, you don't do this thing any damage, uh, but it, I'm going to let it make a save. Okay, it does not like the fire. That's good. It, it, it's not like particularly upset by it, but it does not like the fire. 
And so the next time that you try to escape it, I'm going to give you advantage. Okay? Uh, that's the end of your turn. You can't move or do anything else. So at this moment, where is everybody kind of standing? Just kind of around it? Yeah, I think I'd probably be around it, probably backing up since it's kind of moving. Okay, so you're backing up just a little bit, kind of just trying to get your bearings, Ayla. Mm -hmm. And you notice a sort of like a crunch under your feet, like you stepped on a twig. And uh, these two little twigs come to life, like skitter up your leg and start trying to claw at you. That's fun. So they're both going to try and make an attack on you. Mm. What's your AC? 16. Wow. So one of them skitters up and it digs its claws in, but it's stopped by whatever sort of leather armor that you're wearing. You know, they're, it's not thick enough. You look down and they almost look like bugs. They're like little, maybe 10 inch long twig. You know, those bugs that look like sticks. Mm -hmm. They kind of look like that, except they're like a dark gray wood. And it's trying to stick these little needly claws into you. And it just, it just does not work. And uh, the other one starts clawing up, and I'm assuming you probably kind of react to seeing it, and you swing, and you actually kick it off, and it goes flying off into the bushes. Okay. <laughs> because it rolled a natural one. Okay. <laughs> so uh, there is that. Now, Jim, what are you kind of doing? You just sort of standing your ground, backing up. What do you do? So, yeah, I was in the back, so I was kind of a little ways off from it whenever all this right. went down. Right, okay. So, so like a few feet back. Yeah, so Minnie is down in it and all like tangled up, right? And then Harbinger's yes. down there with her trying to help. Yeah, he's up there trying to pull it out. Ayla's stepping back, and yep. uh, you're sort of in the back. And as you see these things jump up on her, you feel something kind of work its way around your legs. No. And you look down, <laughs> and you see these thick green vines wrapping themselves around your legs. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, and it is going to try and make an attack on you to constrict you with these vines. Uh, what's your AC? 13. Okay, this is a hit. No. So you feel these vines come up, and they just, like, start squeezing you around the okay. legs, and you take seven bludgeoning damage. Okay, that's significant. You are now grappled. Okay. Ayla. Got a little, little twig monster on you trying to stab you. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, that's fine. You see, yes, you see the, the big mound thing in a locked into a sort of combat, I guess, with uh, Harbinger. And Minnie is being devoured, and Jim is being constricted by Vance. Well, I, um, I'm going to try to get rid of the stick bug thing, the evil stick bug. Okay. I'd like to use insightful fighting as a bonus action. Okay. So it would just be an opposed deception check from the stick bug and against my insight. Okay, so he needs to make it needs to make uh, a, a deception, deception check. check. Yep. So that's a poop roll. I got an 18. Okay, it, it failure. It fails. It's not very charismatic. It has a <laughs> to be specific, it has a negative 4 charisma. <laughs> So well, it good. is not charismatic. So it you successfully fun. deceive it or awesome. whatever you're doing. So okay. then I can use my sneak attack on him when I'm attacking. Okay, excellent. So right. I will use my dagger okay. and try to get stabby stab at it. All right. Try and stab it. That is a 16 plus 8, so 24 to hit. Yeah. Yep, think that. Yeah, I think that does it. Pretty sure. <laughs> Let me check. Yes, stick bugs. Twenty-four hits a stick bug. <laughs> okay, thirteen damage plus five. 
Okay, so you obliterate this bug with your dagger. All right. And it's real, real dead. <laughs> do you do anything else? Maybe I'll move move away. From the big thing? Yeah. Okay, From back up a few more feet. Sort of kind of get up against the, uh, the surrounding trees a little bit. All right, you do that. At this moment, uh, as you're backing up, you notice something else sort of pop up. Uh, and walk into the clearing with you. And this thing is, it looks mildly humanoid, but very small. Uh, I say very small. It's probably the size of many. And it looks like a sort of, like, you know, like baby Groot. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with Groot. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, and it reaches towards you and fires these little pin needles in your direction. going to wreck my image of Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just imagine that you're the villain. Uh, here we go. So, okay, that's pretty good. What was your AC, a 16, you said? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is actually going to hit. Oh, no. You take eight piercing damage. Okay. This is totally up to you, but remember, you do have your uncanny dodge if you wanted to use it. This is where you can half and attacks damage against you once per round. So it's it's only eight damage, but you can make it four if you want it. I will do that. All right, so that is the end of that thing's turn. And now it is Jim's turn. Jim, you are grappled by this thing. Yeah, so I grapple it back. Uh, no. <laughs> Let's see. Can I try to Eldritch Blast it if it's on me? Yes but I think it would be with disadvantage, right? If you use a ranged attack within five feet of something, it gives it disadvantage, right? Probably. I don't Pretty remember. Sure. Okay. So I want to Eldritch Blast it in the face with disadvantage. Right in its face. Does it have a face? It's pulling you back toward like the, the brambles, and you can see a sort of green-looking face sticking out. It's sort of face-like. Yeah, so I rolled a 3 and a 17. So with disadvantage, that would be a 3 plus 8. So that's 11. That is actually going to hit. What? Yeah, surprising, huh? Yeah, shocking, you could say. Shocking, even. So that does 7 damage. So you see as this Eldritch Blast just kind of flies out from your orb, right? Yeah. Punches this guy right in his stupid face. Yeah, right in the face. You're still grappled. I don't want to be grappled. I think you have to spend an action to get out of a grapple, right? I think you have to do it like a contest against their strength or something like that. Yeah, as an action. You wouldn't be able to do that this turn. Do you do anything else? I struggle fruitlessly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you do that. And now it is the big earth monster's turn. Felicia, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw at the beginning of his turn. And by Felicia, I mean mini. I got a captain. Oh, that's beautiful. Man, you are rolling very poorly. Seven. That's no good. Woo, seven. Okay, you're going to take us some of the damage. Whatever. Bring it on. You take ten bludgeoning damage. That's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> you take ten bludgeoning damage, Thanks. and uh, this thing is moving, and it's just pulling you down deeper into it. Okay. Love it. It is going to swing some big earthy arms up, got arms up at the thing that is now on top of it, oh, which no. is uh, Harbinger. What's your armor class? 18. It's actually going to hit. So you are going to take some bludgeoning damage. This thing's hitting pretty hard right now. 
Oof. Bruh. You take 14 bludgeoning damage. But you do have your rage thing, so you take... Yes. Isn't that nice? Yes, it is. Isn't that nice? (laughs) But it just brings a big, balled-up fist of vine and plant and ground and just smashes it into you. And now we're back to the top. And it is your turn, Harbinger. Um, So after getting hit in the face, I'm uh, not going to like that. So I'll uh, pull out my greatsword and make some attacks against it. Okay. Do you kind of hop off of it? Yeah. Are you kind of standing on it? Okay. Kind of slide down partly yep. and swing, swing away. Oh, that's a natural one. Oh boy, <laughs> things are not going well right now. Nope. Uh, okay, so you swing, and when you do, it's uh, it's Vaughn sort of reach up and grab your arms. Okay. And rather than hitting it with this gigantic sword, it just yanks the sword free from your hands. Great. Throws it across the clearing. Okay. So with the sword gone, can I still mm-hmm. make my second attack action with either my fists or... Yeah, I'm going to say you can. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that you can, because, you know, you have your what, second attack, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll say you can still make a secondary attack. Okay, so I guess it'll be with my fist then. Iron fists it is. That's going to be a lot better. That is a... 24. Okay, yeah, that hits. 7 plus the 2 rage damage, so 9 damage. Okay. Alright, so you just bury your fist into this thing. Alright, that is the end of Harbinger's turn, and now it is Minnie's turn. Minnie, you are grappled and being held tight by this thing. What do you want to do? I'm going to kill it. You can try to make a, uh, a save to... Get ungrappled? Yes, and it can be dexterity or mm-hmm. strength. Ooh. So a non-natural 20. That is enough. Uh, you're not like suddenly free and out of it, but now you are able to move. You're no longer you're no longer restrained, so you can try and pull yourself up out of it, okay? So can I try to pull myself out of it, but also So that here's here's how I'm gonna a... here's how I'm gonna call it. That takes your action, okay? To break free from a grapple takes your action. Okay. So you can't do an action to attack, right? But you still have a move if you want to try and climb out of it. Uh, yeah. I want to climb out of it. All right. I'm going to say it's not really like climbing. You know what I mean? You're able to just kind of pull yourself up. So you're pulling yourself up back to about on top of it as you're, the end of your turn is rolling around unless you want to do some sort of a bonus action. Mm. So I'm going to use a bonus action. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come up out of that thing and I'm going to say, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to... Turn into a dire wolf. Okay. So what does that look like? So I get up on the top of that thing, Mm -hmm. and I look down, and I yell everybody, I'm good, and I'm just going to (laughs) go. Just go super saiyan. (laughs) Okay. Y'all just see this little part, but I'm so far away, I'm like, you know, whatever. (laughs) So I'm just going to, like, kind of... Looks yep. like I'm flexing and turn into this huge dire wolf. Okay. And what, just start growling. What color is your fur? Oh, it's like a gray, but it almost is into a blue, like a grayish blue. Yeah, that's cool. And my eyes are gold. All right. Okay. You have shaped wildly into a dire wolf. <laughs> and that's the end of your turn. So now it is a little, little twig monster that you kicked over into the woods is going to come running out. But it's a little freaked out by you now, Ayla. <laughs> Instead of trying to stick you with twigs, it's going to 
run toward the big wooden metal guy and try and stick him with twigs because that is so much smarter. <laughs> uh, he runs up and he's going to try and stick his little claws into you, Harbinger. And uh, he does not successfully do so. He runs up, he jumps on your leg, and he's sticking you, but you don't even feel it. I'm not even sure that you notice that he's there. <laughs> and now it is the thing that has you all tangled up, Jim. Me? Yeah. It's going to try and squeeze you again. It's just going to squeeze. Yeah. I want to try to resist the squeeze. Which race Resist. 13. Wow, he actually fails. With advantage, he fails. Hmm. So Jim just kind of flexes. He sees uh, Minnie do that and thinks, I should try that. And whenever he does, it kind of pushes against the vines. Yeah. Okay, that's the end of his turn. Now it is Ayla's turn. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to use that little anti-Groot, baby Groot's behind me still, right? Yes, yes it is. Okay. Anti-Groot. I love that. Um, so I'm going to use insightful fighting on that guy. So that would be my insight versus his deception again. Okay, well, he's really good at deception. Um. No, I'm joking. He has a negative four. He rolled a three. <laughs> that's a 14. Okay, that's a, you got him. Okay. You got him. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Would he be within distance so I can, like, further distance so I can use my bow? Yeah, yeah. He's probably 10, 15 feet away from you. Okay, so I'm going to use my long bow with my sneak attack now since I got him. That's an 8 plus a 4, so 12. And his armor class is 12. So that hits. That's pretty good. Okay. Dead. How's how's it look when he's dead? 25. Um, He looks real bad. (laughs) 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 Just sticks flying everywhere. (laughs) Okay, he basically just explodes like dry dead wood when your arrow hits him, right? Just pieces of of wood monster everywhere. So you he's dead. So far you have killed two of these things. You're doing great. Yes, excellent thing. Now it is uh well no, it's not his turn cuz you just blew him up. Okay. Jim, it's your turn. Okay. So, I messed up on my last turn. I forgot at 5th level I have two Eldritch blasts. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I just used the one. But this time I'm going to just point at him. Okay. And I'm using Toll the Dead. So this is the one that's squeezing me that's already damaged. So he has to make a wisdom saving throw, 16 DC. He's so wise. Is he? Yes. Oh. Just kidding. He's a plant. Oh. Uh, He fails. (laughs) Don't plants have the profound wisdom of nature? Of course they do. His wisdom is a 10. Okay. So he fails. So he's going to take... He's already damaged, so mm-hmm. if he's taken damage, it's a D10 instead of a D8. Yeah. So he's going to take two of those. Roll big, roll big, roll big. Okay, so that's a 10. I mean, it's an 8 and a 2, but added together using Arithnomancy, that's okay. 10. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Arithnomancy. So you uh, you told the dead. It's like he hears this dolorous bell sound, and it kind of... Rex through its ears, you assume it has? The vibration doesn't like that. And actually, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, break free here if you'd like. Okay, I'm going to break free. Let's make some uh, opposing strength or, or dex. He'll do strength, you can do either. Okay, I will do dex. I get a 19. You got a natural 20. Sorry. So Jim cries. <laughs> Jim weeps. 
uh, in spite of the fact that it's in pain, it just it still holds on. It's holding on to you tightly. Yeah. So it actually just it actually loves you. Oh uh, wow! Jim, I don't know if you know that, but it loves you. Jim's not uh, into that. No. Now it's the big dirt piles thing turn. Not thing. His turn. It's his turn. It's the dirt piles turn. It's gonna try and hit you. So the first thing it's gonna do is it's gonna bring up a big swinging arm of dirt and vine and try and slap you with it. What's Tracy? Fourteen. I have to use Oh yeah, that you're one. the dire wolf. I forgot you're a wolf. I'm a wolf. You're a wolf. I'm a wolf, Harry. You're a wolf. What? What is? Is your size? Are you a large creature? For chance? I'm a large beast. So, yes, you are... Okay, that's good. That's actually good for you. Because he does hit you. Bring it. So, right now, your HP is different. Okay? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, right now, you're counting your wolf HP. Yeah. And you're going to take nine bludgeoning damage as it smacks you really hard with a fist. <laughs> but it cannot grapple you because you are not a medium or smaller target. Aha! Uh-huh. And now it's going to try and hit Harbinger. With his other big meaty dirt fist, Harbinger, your AC is eighteen. Okay, this is a miss. So he swings at Harbinger, and he misses. Now we're back to Harbinger. Harbinger, it swung a big dirt fist at you, but it missed. So how far away is the great sword that got through? Probably fifteen feet away from you. So you could definitely get to it this turn, but you would have to walk away from the monster, which would give it a yeah. potential attack of opportunity. And we're still in difficult terrain, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. So you could get to it, but you couldn't get back. Yep. Wait. Um, then I will just pull out my uh, hand axes and make just my, wail on him. my attacks with the hand axe. Okay. Go for it. That is a 11. 11 won't do it. And then I will make... My next attack is Reckless. Okay. And that'll be 22. That's a hit. Okay. 11 damage. Okay. Good hit. All right. You sink your second hand axe in and you feel it just chop one of those big thick vines that was controlling one of his arms. Just chop it right in half. (laughs) It seems to kind of pull itself back together, but you can see the vine sort of flailing around and you feel that vibration again in the earth beneath your feet. And now it is Minnie's turn. Minnie, you're a big wolf guy, and you're on top of this thing. I'm a big wolf. Wolf! Okay, so uh, I'm going to bite it. Okay. Now I guess I just roll seven. That's a poop roll. I stink as a wolf, too. Wow. Your rolls are absolutely killing you tonight. Yeah, I'm just about to throw that dice out the door. You (laughs) miss with your bite. You do anything else. Oh, wait. You have pack tactics. I forgot. So the wolf has advantage on an attack roll against a creature if at least one of the wolf's allies is within five feet of the creature. And that happens to be Harbinger. So you have advantage. Look at that. You are welcome. Thanks. Roll advantage. (laughs) Aha. That's a 21. All right. So that's a hit. So tell me what that bitey bite does. Okay. So it does... 2d6 plus 3 piercing damage. Yes. 6, so that's 10 plus 3, so 13 piercing damage. Minus 13 piercing damage. I'll do some damage now. All right. Uh, Is that the end of your turn? I think I'm going to jump back a little. Okay, try to jump off of it. 
And I'm going to have that wolf stance, like I'm about to just tear into him, you know? Okay. He's going to... Scary. Are you going to back up more than five feet, or are you just going to kind of get on the ground? Because if you just back up... Just on the ground. I don't okay. want to be still on him. <laughs> That's fine. You can hop down off of him, but you're still close enough yeah. not to uh, incur an opportunity attack. Yes. So, now it is... Little Twig Monster It's going to try and stick you in the leg again, Harbinger. He's just hanging on. That's good. Oh, he actually, he actually succeeds. Oh, no. He hits you. <laughs> and you take three damage. Those twig Piercing monsters damage. are rough. So you can take one, uh, two or one or whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Twig bug. He takes his turn. Now, uh, Vonivon is going to try and squeeze you again, Jim. Okay. With advantage. Oh. So that is a hit. You take nine bludgeoning damage. Okay, so I'm going to take nine bludgeoning damage. Okay. And now it's Ayla's turn. Ayla, there's a big dirt vine tr- uh, twig root monster that it's fighting your friend and the wolf. And then there's Jim over there being slowly pulled deeper into the forest by vine things. So can I use Insightful Fighter on the big monster if you said it's not a creature? Because it does say creature. Oh, but it's within, I have enemies within five feet. So I could use sneak attack on it. I'm assuming. You could. Yes, okay. you could use sneak attack on it. Okay, so I'm going to use my longbow to shoot the big creature in the ground. Okay. That's not one. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Mm. Roll me the damage. Okay. You don't have to roll the sneak attack damage, though. Just the, just the, plain, just the plain bow. That is a nine. Okay, Harbinger. You take five piercing damage. Sorry. But I, I mean, I guess you can still half that because you're still raging, right? Okay, so three. There you go. But you do feel as an arrow sort of like sticks a little bit into the side of your arm. I, I don't know what you do with that, but there you go. I, I don't uh, really notice. Just like, it's like hide it's my face a... from Harbinger. <laughs> 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 Sorry, okay. buddy. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. All right, Jim. Yes. What do you do? So I am going to continue pointing at the thing that has me grappled and making it toll the dead. Okay. And it makes a wisdom save? It makes a wisdom save. It's got to beat 16. It does not. It goes to his gusta 3. Okay, so I'm going to roll 2d10. Okay. So that's 9. Guess how many hit points it gets? Three. Nine. Oh. So you drop it to death. The vibration of your bell ringing in its ears just sort of makes it disintegrate, basically. It just goes limp and falls apart. And now the vines slump to the ground. And you are free. Free, Jim. Finally. Yay. I, I kind of leap in place. Yes. Do a little dance. Yes. And I look around for any more such vines and try to get away from them so that I can blast things from afar. You got a pretty good look and you see no more vines. You do okay. see a giant earthy thing moving around and uh, a little twig bug latched onto Harbinger's leg, sticking him with his claws. And with that, it's the big earth thing's turn. The big earth thing is going to attack you, Harbinger. Hey. So he's going to bring a big dirt fist down and. Grace, he's a 16? Uh, 18. 18, wow. Either way, that's a miss. So that is a miss. So he's going to do it again. Oh, this one is a natural 20. Oh, no. So you will take some damage from this guy. 
Alright. You take 18 bludgeoning damage. But he slams his fist down onto you. Or what what is your size? I'm still technically, I think, medium. Okay. So you're technically a medium creature. Then when he slams his fist down into you, you are grappled. So he actually brings his fist down onto your like head. Mm-hmm. And when he does, the vines sort of separate around your body and like slip down over around your shoulders and they squeeze around the middle of your body and start to try and lift you up. It's your turn. So you are grappled, and you can try to escape. I will do that. Okay. Just a strength, or is this athletics, or strength? Okay. Twelve. That is not going to do it. Nope. Sorry. It's got you pretty good. I think it takes your action to try and escape from the grapple. So. Yep. I think you're pretty well stuck yep. on this one, right? It's not okay. Good. Man, these things are really grabby. They need to just not be so grabby, you know. <laughs> uh, Minnie, it is your turn. Okay, excellent. You're really good. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Like a little chihuahua. (laughs) Except you're a dire wolf right now. I'm huge. Okay, what do you do? All right, so I see it like grab him, Mm -hmm. and he didn't get undone. Okay. Um, So I'm going to run up and try to just bite that arm. Yeah, where it's holding him? Yeah, and try to bite that and hurt him. Okay. Go ahead, and if you successfully bite him, then I'll give you I'll give him a chance to try and break free. Do I get advantage on this again? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's within five feet. He's, he's not incapacitated. He's just grappled. It was a two. Okay, that was a nineteen. Okay. Okay. Nineteen plus five. That's a hit. Nineteen plus a hundred. So, no, I'm just kidding. So you jump and you just latch your jaws down on a piece of the dirty vine hanging down off this big arm thing. Yeah, bro. 11 damage. 11 damage. Okay, you bite down, and when you do, you you feel like the sort of consistency of its arm loosen, mm. and you fall. You know, you don't fall and hurt yourself. You fall back down on your feet, and you see it's like dirt and chunks of vine and wood fall down, and it weakens his hold enough that you can take a reaction to try and break free if you would like, Harbinger. Gotcha. Is that another strength check, then? Yeah. It's a natural 20. That will do it. And actually, with a nat 20, I'm going to give you an opportunity attack on him. I'll attack it with one of the hand axes. Sweet. That's going to be an 18 on the dice. Uh, That'll hit. Okay. Seven damage. Or eight damage. Sorry. So you chop off another portion of that arm that kind of had you as you hop down back onto your feet. And with the wolf's help, you are now free once again. About that time, though, you feel something trying to stab you in the leg with its little claws. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it, it does not successfully do so, so maybe you don't feel it. <laughs> maybe you don't feel it at all. These little twigs are ridiculous. Ayla, it's your turn. All right. I would like to attack the ground monster again and not nat 20 or nat 1. <laughs> I'm going to use my long bow again and see how it does. That's much better. That's a 16 on the dice, plus 8. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh. (laughs) I got three ones. (laughs) Oh, man. So, 12 damage. Okay. Hey, that's it's still pretty that's good. That's still really good. It's something. But yeah, I know that that really stinks when you roll all those ones. Okay, so you just an arrow digs into this thing. Your arrow just kind of disappears inside of its dirt form, but you definitely did some damage. And Jim, it is now your turn. Yeah. So I am now 
going to Eldritch Blast, and I have two of those. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> okay. So, so the big earth thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Has it been hurt or anything? For sure. Okay. I want to hurt it more for sure. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to roll my first attack against it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a 13. Total? Total. That one misses. I'm going to roll another one. That is a 25 total. (laughs) That is a hit. (laughs) So I'm going to roll 1d10. Okay. And I get a 2, so it takes 2 damage. Lord. Are you serious? I'm serious. I mean, the die technically says 20, but it's one of those D10s. Yeah. It's for percentile. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, I'd be okay with giving it 20 damage. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right. He takes two damage. You hit him. A hundred damage. For two damage. And now it is the big thing's turn. Oh. It is going to... Because uh, I'm assuming that Jim and Ayla are both still standing back, right? Yes. Uh, okay. The first fist is going to come down towards you, Minnie. Bring it. It's been brought in. I mean. You take some damage. Ugh. You take, ooh, that's a big hit. 15 bludgeoning damage. That's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are so dead. Oh, Minnie's dead. No, I Okay, I'm just kidding. Then he's going to bring his, he's going to sprout another arm, or I'll tell you what, he'll do a leg this time. He's going to swing a leg kick (laughs) at, uh, at Harbinger. Your AC is an 18? Yep. Well, that still does it. That's a modified 20. Golly gee. Dude's dude's pretty beastly. You take... Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Sorry. You take 16 damage. 16 bludgeoning damage. Which, if anybody's going to take it, he's the one you want to take it. Yeah, I know. But there you go. 16. And uh, you are once again grappled. (laughs) But this time, it's like swinging sideways, leg grabbing you, pulling you toward it, like dragging it toward its form uh, as it becomes your turn. Well, I will uh, try to get out of the grapple, I guess. Okay. That is a 24. Yeah, probably. That probably does it. <laughs> okay. Yep, you break yourself free. Okay. That's my turn. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to move, I guess that's pretty well it. Okay. So now it is Minnie's turn again. Minnie, 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 Minnie. Minnie, what you do? Minnie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do what... You know, all dire wolves do. Mm-hmm. Just bite. Bite him. All right, you have advantage. Go ahead. And that advantage is really handy. Where'd my handy. thing go? Yeah, especially with me. I mean. Yeah, you're rolling, you're rolling for turds. This happens a lot with misc. That, that was, was a, a two. That was a two. You're not misc. Go ahead and roll it. I mean, but seriously, that was uh, misc. Yeah, that's that's with what misc. I was saying. Okay. okay, that was a. I said eight. Yeah. Plus. Five. Yep, that's not going to do it. So you miss him. Daggone it. You really miss him. Okay. Okay. Harbinger. It's hard being a dog. You can't f- talk. You feel nothing as Twig Monster continues to try and stab its twig into your metal. Uh, Ayla. Yes. So no one's grappled right now. No one is grappled. Okay. So I'm just going to shoot at it again. Do it. Use that longbow. Yeah. 16 to hit. That hits. 17 damage. So how do you kill a giant dirt monster with an arrow? Oh. <laughs> All the way through into the ground and just, you know, if, if I can make it cooler, I would. But <laughs> We'll say that maybe there's like a core 
somewhere down in there, like a like a sort of dirt heart or and something, in you know, that like a kind of pit. Yeah, exactly. It's like a giant seed, and your arrow just strikes down right into it. And when it does, the monster sort of shakes and trembles and vibrates, and then just falls down to the ground dead. Death star explosion. <laughs> but we're not technically out of initiative. There's still a little stick dude. <laughs> Jim, you see as a little twig monster <laughs> is trying to stab Harbinger's leg. I point at the stick monster and make oh, it no. hear some bells. <laughs> uh, wisdom saving throw. It fails. Okay, so I'm going to roll 2d10. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's a... Seven. I've rolled 2d10 a bunch, and I haven't cracked 10 any of the times. Okay, that's okay, because it only had four hit points. So it hears a bell, and then just lets out a little squeak, and then just pops. Like a little little twig, just it's dead. So Jim just points at it, and it pops. <laughs> exactly. It just pops oh right a little, little bitty. little. You guys have successfully killed all these plant monsters. Wow. I have to say, that little stick bug guy, he had heart. <laughs> He was resilient. Yeah, he was yeah. really, really holding on. I love this. <laughs> He's the true villain. So you're all standing in a clearing surrounded by dead plant monsters and a pile of dirt. I go to pet Next the wolf. Next to a huge narwhal. Go to pet it. <laughs> Harbinger walks over to pet the darwolf. Yes. It does what dogs do. She lets it happen. <laughs> she just lets it happen. And it kind of like starts kicking his foot. <laughs> Harbinger has a pet dog. Alas, that is where we are going to have to stop the first half of our very first MBH Champions episode, game, session. You decide, fans, but that is our stopping point for today. Be sure to tune in in January to hear the exciting conclusion of this adventure. Will many Jimalil, Harbinger, and Ayla be able to make their way to the Grove again? Well, again for Jim, but the first time for the rest. And when they get there, will they find Elevanre? And if they do, will he welcome them? Tune in next month. Find out right here on Make Believe Heroes. 